Hey, y'all. Welcome to the Smiles and Frowns podcast and Happy New Year. Happy New Year. We made yes. it. We made it. That's that's an understatement. <laughs> Somehow by the skin of our teeth. <laughs> oh, gosh. Do we even want to talk about 2023? I think 2023 uh, takes the cake for being the most ghetto year that I have experienced in a minute. So um, I think we might have to... I'm going to just leave it at we made it through. I agree. I agree. We made it through. And I'm not, we're not talking about this whole fresh start, uh, new year, new me. No. No. Mm-mm. We are letting it flow. We have to since 2020 has been a challenge. It really has. And no matter how hard you try to plan, things do not go to that plan at all. Um, feel a little beat up, like a beat up. Okay, okay, okay. Let me knock it off. Let me knock it off. (laughs) It wasn't that bad. I'm lying. We're here today, so that's all that matters. (laughs) Oh gosh, what are you drinking? Um, I'm just drinking my water and minding my business. That's I got this fancy cup. Shout out to the best marketing manager in the world. How cute. She got me this cup from Shanghai. And I said, it's so pretty. I don't even want to drink out of it. But then Christmas came and I said, I'm drinking out of it. Like it. (laughs) (laughs) But who can say they got a a cup from Shanghai? No one. And it's so cute. Not many. Top tier energy. Top tier. Bougie. We love it. And she's hydrated. Win-win. Win-win. What are you drinking? Um, I decided to pretend like I'm a health girly today. Not pretend. So I'm drinking a kombucha, but it's a guava kombucha. That's a probiotic. I know. I was like, you know what? This is a good evening drink before I eat dinner. I don't know. Just feeling different. Feeling yes. different. Yes. Is it tastes pretty good because I've been curious, but I haven't. I know Jenny loves it, our business ops manager, she loves it. Um kombucha has like a it's an acquired taste. That's what I thought. Kind of like apple cider vinegar, but like sweeter with the flavor. So yeah, it it's not one of those like, hmm, so excited. It's like okay. a you down it type yeah. of thing. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's jump into it. What's your smile and frown for this week? Hmm. I think my smile is I finally have, for the most part, gotten my apartment situated. I still have to put stuff up on the wall. Okay. So we need to play Ari Lennox, new apartment. 100%. You know what song I'm talking about, right? Yes. Okay. That's that's the vibe. <laughs> that's okay. the vibe. <laughs> so that's been nice to kind of settle in. Um, so it's been good. I feel like it's... This nice. is a big deal. Like, you're downplaying it right now. Because if y'all have heard the past episodes, this is a big deal. Huge. Pretty huge. Pretty huge. It was one of those things I didn't think I would be able to do. But I remember telling Charnay 
earlier this year, I was like, I'm going to move by the end of this year. Listen, I think the big house gave you that motivation to move. I really think that was supposed to happen. You were supposed to house it. And here you are. It feels unbelievable. And now, it's so bright, you guys. Like I saw a video, she showed me the apartment and it's just so, so many windows and brightness and it's just night and day. It is. It really is. My other place was, we had three windows. Okay. The walls were blue. Floors were gray. Not the vibe. Oof. Not the vibe. So now yeah. it's normal here. White walls. <laughs> we have windows. Normal life. You know? <laughs> now... The frown of the week is that I think I underestimated being having to uh, park on a busy street mm. and having to play Frogger with uh, an insanely early street sweeping situation. So I may or may not have almost, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, not made it out alive from parking my car, but that's not the point. <laughs> So that's my frown of the week. The other frown, um, the other frown of the week was like I was kind of in the hot seat this week with Charnay. I had my moment, <laughs> performance review time. <laughs> Good now. <laughs> I'm surprised you brought that up. That's why I'm laughing. But, you know, we have an interesting dynamic. and so, I was just going to say, not many people can have what we have successfully, like, at all. I feel so lucky and blessed. Me too. Because, yeah. But no one likes to be in the... First of all, I don't like performance reviews to begin with. <laughs> <laughs> I don't either. It's, like, very corporate but I'm like, how else is my team going to grow if I don't have them? So, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry that was your frown. <laughs> it wasn't that big of like big of a frown per se, but I don't know. It's just when after having like a rough year and when you know that you weren't able to perform at your peak, right? And I think I just get hard on myself. I knew it. I knew where I was fucking up, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Um so I think it's not so much the delivery of the performance review. It's more so just being like, okay, I, f I fucked up, y'all. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's a part of having a human experience. And what do you learn from it? And how do you grow from it, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. So what's your smile in the front of the week? I hope this don't sound dark for y'all, but my smile is getting out of the bed this week. Was it one of those? Yeah. I mean, okay, I started the year in the bed to relax. But I was also extremely stressed. Every time we have a sale, I go into a very stressed mode. But I never have felt this stressed before. And it was for multiple reasons. I don't even think the sale was half of it. I think... Um, this is kind of going into my frown too, is I just think that when you put too many things in a pot at one time, it's going to overflow eventually. The pipes are going to burst. 
And I'm very ambitious and I want a lot for myself. So since 2020, since I've had resume added full time, I've always been thinking about how can I grow, 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 grow. And I've been hard on myself my whole life since I was a kid. So what I've accepted for this year is that I'm going to focus on amplifying one thing that we know how to do really well. We have an amazing business model and we have one resume offer that we want to promote to everyone because we're here to help people. And so I can say confidently that we have also a book that's coming out that you guys are going to love. But those are the two things that I'm focusing on. And of course, this podcast, this amazing thing that we're growing. But I think I just, I burnt myself out to a place of most like, okay, I can't just talk myself out of this. I'm really feeling this physically, like heart palpitations, like eating terribly, like, (laughs) you know, things that normally do not happen have been happening for the past couple of weeks. So I'm very, I analyze myself a lot. I'm very analytical with things like that. So I stepped back and I was like, I always tell my staff and my family and my friends this, you're already promised stress on this earth no matter what. So if you're adding stress to the stress that you're already promised, that's a problem. Self-inflicted stress can be fixed. If you step back and analyze what's going on, it can be fixed. So I compare this to anybody that feels burnt out with their work, anybody who has anxiety from their work. I feel like that's what I had was true anxiety from just life happening. It's not just work-related, but just being an adult, period. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a lot to juggle. So having less pressure on myself and basking in what I have done over these past three years is really important for me this year is really appreciating the fruits of my labor and monetizing on what we know how to do really well are my top priorities. So I feel better today, but I will say like, yeah, for me to just put on a little eyebrow and some eyeliner (laughs) and get out the bed and, you know, put on regular clothes and not pajamas, the, the little things like, even taking the long way with washing my face instead of just, you know, water. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> like I'm doing my routine and moisturizing. So, yeah, that's my smile and frown. It's just, you know, having a lot of self-realization. And I don't stay in, in any place for too long when it's something negative. Mm-hmm. I always... I. I think it's important to feel your feelings, but I don't think it's important to go into woe is me. You right. know, it's it has to be a solution at the end of it. Definitely. And giving yourself the space to kind of work through it helps you get through it. Yeah. Otherwise, if you push it away and act like it's not happening, it makes it t- worse. Comes tumbling down on you. I, I learned that one the hard way. <laughs> it makes it worse. You push it off and it just creates a bigger problem to deal with later. Mm-hmm. So. 
that's about it. I hope that wasn't too dark for y'all. <laughs> we want to talk about the client stuff today. So the things that we're seeing internally at Resume Addict with different types of clients, some of you will identify with what we're going to talk about. And we also want to talk about how to prepare for your resume for 2024 and job searching for 2024. Now, the job market, we don't have a pulse on that because 2024 literally just started. So we'll probably update you guys in February on that. But we're definitely going to dive into memories about clients, the tea, all of the things that are like interesting to know, and also the things that sometimes frustrate us as resume writers. So we get clients from all walks of life. Some are entry-level, experienced, or top executives, and sometimes even celebrities. And I'll talk about some of my stories with those too. But I guess we can start with entry-level people. Madeline, what have you been seeing with entry-level folks? I think entry-level folks, for the most part, have been pretty open to the process, which is great. I think where they struggle is kind of identifying their direction or where to go with that. On the flip side, you have some entry-level people where they think that they're in leadership or they want to be. Oh, my God. Which is totally fine. But if you can't give details when we ask and dive deep about just some basic leadership qualities... Not not talk about managing a team or anything. And there's nothing there. Like I we just can't make we can't make something out of nothing. Yes. Know? And we do not lie. So like the overcompensation, I forgot all about that part of I'm new and I need to talk about every single internship and volunteer experience and like the things that employers don't even really care about. Or the layout of the layout for entry level is a big deal. Yeah, they because you know the, these college centers will give quote unquote advice on what you know career is, but the person who's advising you has never worked in HR. They've never worked for you know nine times out of ten, they don't know what they're talking about. And so we'll have some entry level clients or people who've just graduated saying, "Oh well." The career center told me to do this and the career center said that, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay. And I and I get that it's confusing because, of course, you pay a lot of money to go to these schools. But there is a reason why there's a lot of people with degrees who can't find a job. In they their... don't help. No. So, yeah. <laughs> they don't help at all. It's like they're – and then their advice is from 1902. Yeah. Like – they don't have updated advice in most cases of what a resume should look like. And they don't know the HR processes. And they like, there's a lot of gaps that they're unaware of. And they just think every resume needs that long professional summary for one. And professional summaries is very subjective. The, the layout looks dated on those resumes. It's just a mess. And it's sad because college, I feel like, should set you up for success. You've got a degree. Here's how to use it. But they don't. Yeah, they definitely don't. I remember, I actually had two clients. There was one today, actually, and then one from a couple months ago. So starting off with the one from a couple months ago, 
she was pivoting from going from teaching into like software development and she was so stuck on like wanting to add color to the layout help me stand out yes yes and the career center kept telling her like x y and z and she's like well i'm gonna send this to my career center rep and i'm like they're gonna hate it because they don't know what they're talking about so i gave her the choice i'm like listen here's what i recommend you to do you can you know do whatever but if you change things up i can't guarantee what's gonna work so just just trust in this and give it a try sure enough she ended up in a great spot so mm-hmm. it is what it is mm-hmm. i don't know who was working on this client but i just remembered that we had someone who had just graduated law school and we sent off her draft and she was like um this isn't really in alignment with what i was looking for And I was like, well, we made an applicant tracking system friendly. So we went with a traditional layout, especially for law, you need a traditional layout. And she was like, well, I don't really plan on having an applicant tracking system friendly resume because I'm going to print it out and (laughs) and I'm going to hand give it to employers. (laughs) I'm like, and it's going to go right in the trash. (laughs) Low key, <laughs> low key, uh, yeah. So I think like the notion of being young and feeling like you know it all is something that we all deal with. But when you enlist help, be open to the help that you're receiving and understand that we're not trying to give you something that's going to fail. We do this because we want you to win. So entry-level people tend to need a complete overhaul on their resume. Like they need a new layout, new skills, new job descriptions, a complete 180 from what they had. It's usually very bare when it comes to us. So we want to enhance it as much as we can. And normally it's night and day from what they provide to us. I agree. And it you just jogged another memory of an entry-level client. There is one she wanted all of her, she didn't want any bullet points. She wanted all of her descriptions to be paragraphs. <laughs> and she was like, well, all of my colleagues, this is how their resumes are with paragraphs. And I'm like, um, are any of them employed? She was like, no. I'm like, okay, but well, you know, let's let's try a different approach, basically. <laughs> let's try. Let's just try something different, okay? Let's yes. Good. Now, what about those experienced clients? Okay, so experience to us is like 10 plus years normally. Like you've been in your career for a while. You're either looking to pivot or you're looking to elevate your job. And most of those people, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, their resume layouts are outdated. Like they have good content. And those are the people that are like, I just want to sell my top qualities. And I'm like, well, you're doing that. It's usually just the layout that needs work to get the callbacks. It's too long or it's just like Times New Roman, very old looking. And they'll have experience from 98 on there. Yeah. So focusing on like condensing it down to the last 10 years or last three to four jobs that they've had 
and cleaning it up to make it very clean, clear, and concise, I think is the biggest thing for experience. And I feel like with some of the experienced clients, they don't really understand that that whole they overcompensate as well and then they also try to pull on some of their experience that was from like way back when to try to make a pivot now not that that's impossible but they're so hell-bent on keeping all of the job descriptions instead of just focusing on their transferable skills or when they're trying to go from being an individual contributor into a leadership role Mm -hmm. I think that can be kind of a, a struggle. They need to understand that they don't need as much work as they think that they do. They still need work as far as putting their transferable skills on their resume, making it clean, but they're usually on the right track. Not to say that we don't get really bad resumes sometimes that do need a lot of help, but most of them, I mean, the job descriptions just need enhancement versus replacement absolutely yeah some more keywords ats friendly mm -hmm. layout that's typically what they don't have when they come to us that's probably the biggest piece yeah and not even understanding what an ats is that that's another conversation for another day but most of the time ats is just house resumes for recruiters and recruiters have to look through the ats there's some ATSs that will scan the resumes for keywords. And for those ATSs, we want to make sure that you can get through those things. Like any kind of preliminary process that you match what they're asking for. So a lot of the experienced people don't, they didn't have that when they had to look for a job last. Like it's been years. So giving them insight on that too. Yeah. Now, when it comes to our our managers and directors, I think that <clears throat> these clients are on one end of the, the spectrum or not. When it comes to either they have it together, they're really solid, it's just a little bit of polishing, or it's just a train wreck and they don't even know how to articulate what they have done. Yes. Or they're not receptive to negative feedback. That's another thing. Like if it's not on the path that they thought it was, then they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. Like <laughs> they just can't be wrong, you know? And I feel like sometimes they get like upset, like, okay, well, I thought I did this so great. And they hate to see it completely changed. Because they're like, well, I thought I did a good job on it. And I'm like, some, I'm thinking in my head, well, sometimes we all need some help. That's why you hire professionals. You can't be good at everything, right? But going into like their job descriptions, I, I feel like a lot of them struggle with talking about their impact mm -hmm. that they've made. Like they could say all day long, okay, I managed a team, blah, blah, blah. But what was the impact of what you've done? I think that's the part that is just or being able to quantify it in percentages, numbers, that well, whole thing. And let's talk about that for a second, because a lot of people don't remember or they don't think that they have accomplished or they don't think that they have any strengths. And if you create a spreadsheet and start writing these things down as they happen, 
when it's time to update your resume, you'll be able to do that easier. A lot of people come to us and they're like, I don't know how to answer this question of like, what, what data? What do you mean? And it could be something as simple as I've led seven team members to do X, Y, and Z. The more data you have, the more inclined people are going to read longer. So, you know, versus skimming your resume for five to six seconds. And I think, um, especially when you're at that manager director level, you need to be able to illustrate what you've done in a way to where even a fifth grader who's reading your resume basically can kind of get a gist of what you've done. If yes. you can't explain in to anyone what your impact was at a low level, <laughs> you're going to have difficulties even in the interview. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So. The complexity that people get tied up in that, like this doesn't sound sophisticated enough. Well, sometimes a recruiter who doesn't know shit about what you're applying for is looking at your resume. So we have to make it dumbed down enough so that they understand it, but then make it make sense to the hiring manager too. And that's why it's a skill that people pay for is because we understand the review process. Absolutely. Yeah. Hey, old child, do we want to talk about these executives? Uh, <laughs> I wish we had Shara here. Shara is our executive resume writer. Maybe next, we'll get her on soon to kind of dive deep about executives. I think so. Yeah. Because Shara knows the ins and outs, but we'll, <laughs> save, we'll save that one for her. <laughs> oh, gosh. In a nutshell, though executives need a lot of hand-holding throughout the entire writing process. They need to have a strategy session. They need to get all of their thoughts out by speaking to them before they even complete an intake form for us. And it's not to down-talk executives because I think executives do great things and they work very hard, but it's the equivalent to working with a toddler sometimes which is very interesting because they're very smart or they're non-receptive of the advice and expertise that we have. Or they're on vacation for like... Always on vacay. Always. <laughs> can't get a hold of them. Sorry, can't do the form this week. On vacation, get back to you guys next week. Yeah. Why'd you buy? Yeah. I don't know. It, it, yeah. So that's all we'll say about them. It's it's very insightful when you do have those conversations with them to talk more about what they've done and, and things like that. I think some executives have, it's a great conversation when they're able to and articulate. Don't, don't get me wrong. Shara has had some amazing conversations with executives. Very grateful for the help. Very positive. So I'm not saying that all executives are the same. Um, but there are some that, you know, I don't, I think maybe they just expect that we're going to write it without their input. This is a collaborative experience though. Yes. They, they act like we're their assistants. Yes. It's a, it's the strangest thing. Yes. Went, mm, yeah. I'm not your EA. I was just about to say that. Like, we we are not EAs. If you want your EA to do it, then hey. Yeah. <laughs> now, thinking through this last year and 
and I think this kind of ties into our services and all the changes that have happened. Thinking about the clients who need the most help, I think that a lot of people come to us when they are at a point in their career where it is a disaster, it's panic mode, it's confusion. So I think it's interesting some of the clients that we get where they come into this process and they're already in a rush. They're already maybe have lost their job or, you know, got fired, whatever happens. Mm -hmm. And they need the most help. And I get that it's emotional. And sometimes it's hard when you are in that state to kind of think through and provide information and collaborate through the process. But those are the clients who need the most help. And it's not always a walk in the park. Yeah. Sometimes you have to navigate those emotions and do all the things beyond resume writing mm-hmm. to get that client a good product. They put, and I think they put unintentional pressure onto the writers at times where, like, if they're under stress or they need to get their resume out, like, you want us to do a good job. So having us rush through the process will not help you. And at the end, when it's done, I think they kind of change their tune and they're more grateful. But the actual process itself sometimes hurt people try to hurt people. But when we think about the people who need the most help, I would say don't wait until you're in a situation of being laid off to get your resume updated. Always update your resume. Every time you have a new job, as soon as you get that job, you usually have the job description because it's still posted somewhere. Copy and paste that onto your resume and then enhance it as you go. But always update your resume. Don't wait until it's a dire situation and then you're like, I need help right now. Because it never, you know, it just adds more stress to your life. It does. And it, it doesn't allow you the space to, you know, reflect on your your resume and your career in, in a good way. Like I, I know I met with a client and they had recently just gotten laid off and we were talking about their accomplishments and they're like, to be honest, I'm so upset with this company. I can't even think about the things that I've done because it makes me so upset Yeah, that, you know, that all that happened. She's like, I just, I can't, she's like, I'll get it to you later. But like, I just have to work through these emotions because I forget or the things that they discredited her for. Yeah. And I'm like, I hear you. Yeah. I hear you. That's tough. That's tough. So I was laid off three times in less than 10 years in a short period. So it's an emotional roller coaster every time. There's no, you don't know how you're going to feel until it happens. Scary. Yeah. The people who, we get a lot of people, I would say at least 60% who have no idea what they want to do next. And I don't think that they understand how strategic we think when we write the resume because we are writing it from a place of transferable skills and keywords. So if we ask you, hey, what do you want to do next? And you say you don't know, it makes it nearly impossible to create a good resume for you. So understanding what's next for you is very, very, very important because then you're intentional about what you're applying for and it'll lessen the time that you're applying for jobs. You won't be applying for, like those people you see, it's been six months, it's been 12 months. You won't be that person because you'll be intentional 
about what you're targeting. We've gotten, I remember this one lady, she was like, I don't want to tell you one job that I want to do because I want to apply for a lot of different jobs. I need a job. I want a general resume. I need a job. And I get it. I hear you. But if you want to apply for HR and then you apply for IT, then you apply for accounting, girl, it's not going to work. No, not at all. And and I think sometimes people forget that we write resumes. When you purchase a package, you're getting a resume written. And I know sometimes they're like, well, I need guidance on X, Y, and Z. And of course we have those services and our writers can help point you in the right direction Yeah, to get the help you need. But it's just hard because a resume isn't going to solve all of your problems either in the job search. It's so multi-layered. Yes. Even now I'm working with one client who she has, she came to us, she bought a resume and, you know, she's has all these interviews going on and she was like, you know, I, oh, I really- yes, she had a lot of interviews, a lot of offers. I remember yeah. this lady. Yes, 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 yes. And, um, she was just like, you know, I just need a resume that's going to help get me basically to accept a position. I, it was kind of unclear on her intake form, kind of like she wanted the resume to accept the right job for her. Yeah, like to push her candidacy forward. And yeah. my first question was, well, why does she need us if she's already getting interviews? And offers. Yeah. So It's like we, we help you get through that door so you can get the interviews and offers. Yeah. And it was hard to write her resume because it was already a good resume, which I had explained to her like that's I mean, this was a really good resume to start with, which is why you've gotten those interviews. But I did spruce it up and make it more pretty and all these other things, you know, but sometimes I feel, you know, like, oh, my gosh. And some people don't like to hear that. They're probably like, all right, I had a good resume. How? Oh, my God. How? Yeah. But it's like, trust yourself. Yeah, a lot of people don't want to believe that they already have a good resume. And then it's like a bad reflection on us because we didn't do a 180 on it. And it's like, well, you already had something good. Especially if you're getting traction with it. I mean, if it's not broken. I mean, what what is it? What? <laughs> if it's not broken, don't fix don't, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, that. I don't think we need to do nighttime episodes. <laughs> Out of control. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. gosh. Okay, okay, okay. But I think what's more gratifying is helping people that really, really need it. And that was why I did free resumes for so long. I'm still thinking about ways that we can eventually get back to giving back to the community. My following got really huge. Like in a short period of time. So I stopped doing it, but alone I did maybe like 4,000 resumes and I would say a thousand of those were free. So it's, it's been a journey to get to this point. I can't say I didn't work for that. <laughs> yeah. It's been a journey, but what about you? What are some clients that like good or bad that you feel like you'll never forget? Oh my gosh. Uh, I would say maybe like two or three that just really stood out I think to everyone I would say 
uh, which is surprisingly good to only have like two or three that have really struck a nerve in a whole year. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's pretty good, you know, despite, you know, anyways, this client was interesting to work with. They, they were non-responsive half the time when the writer was asking them for additional information they weren't providing that information long story short the resume revision process got drawn out probably like what like a month long oh gosh which is way more time than we typically allow for clients but this person had an excuse after excuse after excuse mm-hmm. and of course we were being kind we we're in the era of kind extra kindness at that time we always are but we act we were extra lenient but yeah we got hit with this huge email thread talking an essay an essay talking about they read it what we did with horror (laughs) it was the worst thing they've ever seen and talking about they reviewed their statistics on LinkedIn and realized they weren't showing up in searches. Again, don't know how they would see that unless they're a recruiter. And even then, every search is different, whatever. A mess. A mess. They also asked if they could speak with someone who had experience writing LinkedIn profiles. When I'm like, well, all of us. You're you're speaking, speaking, <laughs> speaking, and then they also said that they edited what we did, and that their their brand something about their brand image. Anyways, we you know tr- obviously tried to rectify the situation, but this client was really just not having it at all, and it was just it was just it was a, it was a bit much. It was a bit much. And and this person also said that they just didn't have time to review the documents until now. Which was this person on vacation? Oh yes, they were. <laughs> they were on vacation. Yes. <laughs> and I'm like having to remind, like this is a collaborative process. Like I I don't know what your brand image is and we're you know we're writing to get you hired not we're not a marketing firm for your brand image yes so it's just someone said that in the comments today and i did not respond because i didn't know how to if i'm being honest i'm i'm an expert at some things but not everything and i don't try to be but there was one that was like i have a hard time articulating my brand identity and I'm like, why are you thinking so deeply about this as if you're building a company? Like you have a skill set and the employer either wants it or they do not. Mm-hmm. Don't think of yourself so deeply that you mess up a good thing. Because sometimes it looks like you're reaching when you do that, when you have all this branding, then they're like, is this it's person like trying fake. to be an yeah like are they trying to be an influencer or are they trying to get a job yeah <laughs> it, it turns from like oh they need a job to oh this sounds really fake and gimmicky so then we had the other client i'll never forget she was upset about something and we were trying to rectify it 
and she just wasn't having it she was like no i don't want you guys to make any changes whatever blah 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 and we kind of were just like okay Mm -hmm. i mean you know we're here if you need us but okay yeah and she just responds with karma in caps with a oh bunch my of exclamation god marks. i forgot about that young lady woman of god <laughs> creature and it was funny because her signature said something and she was she was not being kind at all in any of this but her signature said something about like kindness is like mm, the most important mm, thing mm. in life it was too much it was too much Stuff started happening too. It was little stuff, but stuff started happening after she put karma and caps in the email. And I was like, what did she do to us? Honestly, I, didn't I get sick, like super sick, like the that weekend? Yes, yeah, so it was some crazy stuff that happened. And it's been hell ever since. So, and yeah. she, oh God, don't get me started. Mm. On that note, we're going to change topics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is what you guys need to know about the 2024 resume formatting. And um, that's how we'll wrap it up. So thinking about what needs to be on your resume in 2024 and what we found as far as trends go, there is a blog that and I, we don't talk about names often but I'll give you this as a freebie for you guys if you look at I believe it's resumegenius.com their blog there is 2024 resume statistics on there to kind of help you understand what the top qualities are for a resume but we're going to talk about a few of them today as well so apparently and listen, listen, you guys, we do not make the rules for this. Okay. We just follow it and it's crazy and things we, change. We try to follow what recruiters and hiring managers want, which is always changing. Always, always, always. And as frustrating as it is for you guys, it is for us. It is for recruiters. It's for, it's just a mess and whatever. Mm-hmm. So apparently... Our favorite thing in the world, professional summaries, are making a comeback in some industries, apparently. Mm-hmm. So do Which with that what you will. <laughs> we, we use them lightly. We used to put them on all resumes. And then we saw a shift happen in 2022, I want to say, to where nobody was reading them. It was taking up space. So we eliminated them. But sometimes we'll use them for like career switches or to justify your experience, you know. But to think that they're making a comeback is really weird to hear. And I think employers are being, or at least what we've seen from the end of this last year, they're just being more selective in their process, which is strange. I'm like, I don't know how a professional summary you know really helps that but you know yeah yeah Mm. and we used to condense our resumes down to one page because it was so competitive but it seems like recruiters are reading two page resumes more wild but to me i feel like that depends on career level if you don't have that much experience keep it concise put it on one page 
But if you have, you know, a 10-year your experience, you need the two pages and it's not fluff, then have the two pages. I agree. Yeah. It's just it's just a strange phenomena. It's like a it's just like we're going from one end to the other, and it's like, oh my gosh. Um, something else that really hasn't changed, and this is something that you know we were kind of ahead of the curve on is that the keyword section and the skill section is now becoming a must. Yeah. And for obvious reasons, you know, having a skill section that matches the job description or the job requirements is so helpful to get a call back. And it's something that we specialize in. We make sure that every single resume has a skill section. So I'm glad they're finally catching on to what we've already been doing. I. I know I love it. Mm-hmm. I'm like always ahead of the curve. Now, and this is just my personal speculation. This is not this is just my thoughts. And I think that they are requiring some of these things possibly because some companies are leaning a little bit more into using AI for screening their resumes and they might be leaning on that more when filtering through candidates in the applicant tracking systems so of course having a professional summary helps the ai system kind of show if you're mid-level entry level how many years of experience it just helps with all that yeah picking up the the keywords same with the keywords and skill section so Mm -hmm. that's just my speculation i could (laughs) be wrong (laughs) but with the way things are going We'll keep y'all updated because it seems like things are changing by the month with trends, with the job market, with who's hiring, who's not hiring. It's just been fluctuating a lot since 2020. So all this year, we'll keep you updated with how things are going and what to expect. But that's all I got. I think that was enough for this episode. (laughs) I think so. And I'm like, I don't know if evening recording hours is is our jam. Oh no, we're we're a little goofier at night, so maybe we're more serious in the morning. We mean business in the morning. Yeah, we do. Hmm. I don't know, so we'll see. We'll see, guys. Thank all you right. all for for listening again. Hopefully, next time I'll have some more shenanigans to talk about. But for now, <laughs> it's never a dull moment. <laughs> <laughs> Ever. All right, y'all. Until next time. Bye. Bye.